The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Come on, Andrea, let me get a guns up tonight, girl. Guns up. Yeah, can you hear that? You hear that? Y'all hear that? There wasn't a delay there. Come on. Single second of a delay. Let's hear it one more time. Guns up. Giddy up, y'all. Oh my god, this is a look, new me, new us. New failure to stop. Look at this. Oh my god. That's what you look like? Hey. Oh my god, dude. I'm I'm in love right now. I didn't know you were like um, I didn't know you were a solid three. In Kentucky. Good for you. Good for you. A solid three tonight, guys. I'm just teasing, but we have, um, it's going to be a good show. We've, I think we've got all the bugs fixed on Andrea's and plus we have the new sets coming. Andrea's got our own little set coming as well. It looks like, um, so a lot of excitement there and that's all thanks to our premium subscribers, our paid Patreon and our paid YouTube subscribers. It has afforded us a new camera this month, new microphones this month and two new sets this month. So we could not do it without you guys. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and of course we, we appreciate our ads, those who to yes. sponsor our show, because uh, we couldn't take home paychecks if it wasn't for them. So thank you, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. And also uh, StreamYard this month, I mean, uh, Stamps.com this month is uh, sponsoring us as well. So, um, so thank you. Uh, and then as always, thanks to uh, little guys like Outbound Beef Jerky, who just send us random beef jerky because they love us and they're ex-law enforcement. So um, always give a, a shout out to the little guy too. Outbound, I also like beef jerky and yeah. I'm also a part of this show. She'll try to blow bubbles with it, guaranteed. Blowing bubbles with beef jerky. You know who else can blow bubbles with beef jerky? Who? Chuck Norris. Of course. Chuck he Norris can. can he could blow bubbles with beef jerky, 100 percent Uh if you guys want to support the show, as always, you can join our Patreon and hear Andrea after dark. What do you call in your little Patreon? So there's gonna be two. Um we did so John and I are gonna try to do a show a week for night shift overtime. So that will remain crime. Mm. We're going to do a couple of different things with that. We're going to either take cases that you and I, Eric, have already discussed and get a little, right. you know, dive a little farther into that. Uh, we may do new cases. Uh, that's also going to be a good opportunity to bring on some some witnesses or family members or conduct interviews like that um, on the overtime show. And then right. at some point here in the next few weeks, will be Andrea up late again, and that'll just be me just doing whatever general stuff. It's not necessarily yeah. crime related. Uh, last row. We're going like to do like an Andrea's girl time. Sure. I think the fans want like an Andrea's girl time. Maybe, maybe you and Abby, like we definitely something. could, but that doesn't just we're have just to be on girl. Patreon. You could, do something with Ashley. you could do something with mm -hmm. Ashley, like a little Patreon after dark with, uh, just like girls nights. Oh yeah. I'd uh, love to do that with Ashley. You're doing something with Lasro Lopez. I'm doing something with Lasro Lopez. Uh, I think yeah. we're all trying to do something with Lasro Lopez. So that's exciting. Um, I'm doing like a last last row wine show with them. What are you doing with them? We are going to do uh, initial. Well, our this is very preliminary, guys. But our plan is to have uh, you guys all. Hey, Drew, you guys all ask us questions. Like, and we'll put it up in our stories in the next few days. Mm -hmm. You guys can like DM us just questions. They can just be silly. They can be things that you've wondered um, about mm -hmm. podcasting, about our lives, about like where he lives, where I live, whatever things like that. And then he and I are going to ask each other uh, the questions. So 
<laughs> it should be a good time. But that's dude. Kind of- anytime you're working with Lazaro Lopez, it's a good time. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Anytime so. the guy is a, that guy is through and through. Not only is he a sweetheart, but he's a great actor. You know? Yeah, like, like the Lazaro Lopez is not like a real thing. He's like Theo Vaughn, right? Like it's an act, but well, he's he stays in character. The shtick, you know, like yes, yeah. Yeah, love them. And, um, you know, maybe you get somebody like Megan uh, Bross on there. She's a law student. No, um, she might. No, she might she's be not. down. For, she's an anthropology she's student. I uh, don't even know what that is. Forensic uh, oh, what did she study to go uh, work in retail? Anthropology? Yes, at the high-end clothing. <laughs> My she, wife's favorite store, by the way. It's wonderful. Uh, but Megan Brossman. Uh, but she works at a law firm, right? She, yes, she works at a law firm. I don't think she still does. Meg, are you in here? But anyway, she'd be fun for girls night, I'm sure. I've met her, uh, I think I met her in Nashville, Austin, maybe? Austin, she, Nashville? I met her in one of those places. Yeah, she actually, um, hey, Megan. Oh, that's they're right. Illegal. She's a paralegal. She's a paralegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So she um, is coming through North Carolina this summer, so with Betty, her fun. dog. So I think that we might link up. Yeah. Very fun. Very fun. Um, anyway, guys, uh, that's how you can support the show. But really the most important way to support the show, if you really support law enforcement, if you support Anne Frank, if you support the troops, um, then go and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and, and Or just share us with a friend. That's how you keep the love going. Yeah. This show was created, first and foremost, to be a voice for law enforcement to be the voice the bridge the gap between citizens and the police and it right has now has spawned into basically a channel for first responders and those who support first responders for five days a week and what we found more more often than not is that our show is keeping them awake our show is giving them something to do and the patrol car it's giving them something that's kind of on topic with with their life and their career and that they can learn something for so uh you know we are bringing five free shows a week uh just for law for first responders band for for people out there uh who are you know uh, in their patrol cars and their fire trucks you know uh, you know doing the lord's work for them and night shift is one of those shows that keeps them awake at night and so we really uh yeah. you know we appreciate you guys' support and um, the best way to help us is to share us with a friend and that way we can grow and grow and grow and grow. We'll never have to count on advertisers. Exactly. Are, and we have some you. things in mind for Not, that. A couple. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said sometimes uh, advertisers can be flaky, except for Ghostbed. They have never flaked on us. Not a fucking once. Matter of fact, we have done some heinous Ghostbed ad reads. You. We've done some heinous ones. Don't point your finger at me. You're just as guilty uh, because you you prelude them. You you throw me softballs. By association. Yeah. So you know they've never once even like told us to tone it back a little bit. So if you want to know somebody who really supports law enforcement and first responders and veterans, ghost bed, ghost bed baby. So yeah. So um, I was gonna say on in terms of sharing us with a friend and and all that, we are gonna come up with a. Um, some sort of a an incentive here soon we um a couple of things if you so patreon we've talked about it um the premium content is going to be 10 bucks a month the other subscription is three dollars of course we're going to continue with our youtube our free this stuff right here um it's definitely not all going to be paid but if you want that extra something those extra interviews and you know kind of some silly content some you know whatever uh, head over to Patreon, uh, support that. We got the link everywhere. We'll throw it up on Instagram. And you know, if you guys eat like 
one hamburger at McDonald's a week, that's your 10 bucks a month. So just cut it. It's not good for you anyway. Oh, and like, I, like you don't have to do the $10 a month. You can do the, the you can $3, do the $3 a, month. a month. Just The $10 just gets you like some extra perks, like some bookmarkers. It gets you like, uh, actually all the $10 subscribers from now until my book is released, you guys are all going to get a free digital copy of my book. So that's cool. And then you're going to put that bookmark in that digital <laughs> Listen, don't get smart with you just because you, your internet's working tonight and I'm you back, sound baby. awesome and you look mediocre does not mean that you can uh, you can try to be smart as well. I'm just kidding. We have a great case tonight. Um, I'm guessing by the title, it's it's unsolved. It is. We I hate that when that you way. put that in the title. I hate it when you put that in the title. I, I like know. to be surprised at the end. I know. I know. Well, now you're I know what still I'm getting gonna be into. surprised, and I'm really kind of jazzed up about this one. So let's start. This is the Dale Dinwiddie case. Sorry, yeah. this is the Dale Dale, uh, Dale Dinwiddie case. But before we jump into Dale Dinwiddie, geez, that's. I'm going to have a yeah. problem with that one on that. I can already tell. Yeah. Uh, true crime news. I know that there is some out there involving Patty and uh, Bill. Patty and Bill? Oh, yeah. Bill and Peggy. Bill and, Bill Peggy. and Peggy. Yes, yes. You had me confused. Great um, case. Oh, my gosh. So that's what so that's what John and I did our overtime on that just dropped today. Um, and we did a, we went back into the Bill and Peggy Stevenson case that Eric and I talked about back uh in january i believe it was eric i looked it up and i can't believe it's been that far that far back but um so bill and peggy the uh 74 year old couple that were murdered in their home very uh gruesomely it's a situation where go back and listen to it if you haven't really not just because we did it but it's a really good show it's probably one of my favorites that we've done um in terms of breaking it down and they were horribly murdered. And it's a very uh, bizarre case in which the killer spent, they suspect many, many hours in the home or left and came back and did some, there were some postmortem wounds that happened hours after the fact. It's bizarre. It involves truck drivers. It involves a church. It involves um, things being manipulated all through the home. And it is still unsolved. When we touched on that case, when Eric and I covered it first, we discussed how it was so um, eerie in the fact that it reminded us so much of the Delphi case, mm -hmm. but there's no reason for it to. It just seemed oddly parallel, right? So we've just found out in the past few weeks that I talked about this a little bit last week, I believe, but there, in fact, potentially is a link to Delphi. Uh, Delphi is about 200 that miles. Insane. insane. That so, is insane because literally when we broke down that case, I think it was you that said like, this has a lot of weird, like Delphi felt the same. Yeah. It felt the same. And here we are. Um, gosh, man, that yeah. is wild. So Delphi is 200 miles chills. from Boone County, Kentucky, where Bill and Peggy Stevenson were murdered. So in saying that that's nothing for a truck driver, not far away. Um, not saying it's a truck driver, but they, uh, authorities in Boone County did go to Delphi, uh, recently since this past November to kind of investigate the grounds and follow up on a tip from someone who lives there now, who was a former truck driver. Okay. Um, they don't tell us what th they vetted this person endlessly. They walked the scene they don't tell us what it is that is a potential link, but they say there is an item, there is a link. And they also mm. say 
that I gotta know what that item is. I know. I gotta know. I know. And they also say that this does not this does not have anything to do with Richard Allen, who was uh, who was arrested and charged on October thirty first this past year. You know, in the killings of the Delphi girls, which was huge news in and of itself. It does not involve him. So we know that there's a potential second, excuse me, suspect in Delphi. It makes it sound a little bit like that second potential second suspect in Delphi might be having something to do with the Bill and Peggy case. I don't know. They've not, I'm kind of bridging that gap a little bit. They've not specified that, but it's wild. Um, John and I talked about it a bit. I can't wait to hear more. It makes me hopeful for Delphi um, to get all wrapped up and really makes me hopeful for the Bill and Peggy Stevenson case. So yes, there's that. Me too. I am, uh, I'm all in on this one at this point now. Um, we still need to go back to Dylan rounds. I think on the Patreon, we are going to have Dylan rounds as one of his relatives come yeah. on. Um, so there'll be a lot to talk there. Might even bring maybe might even have to bring back the old PI. I don't know. Maybe it'll just be me and him. I, I don't know. Um, who knows what's going to happen on that Patreon. But really quick before we jump into tonight's episode, um, I know that I do this um, on Friday breakdowns, I believe. But um, I, there's too many of the – like one, I'm so shocked that people are $10 subscribers to our premium Patreon. It actually blows my mind. It blows my mind that there's so many that I have to break it down into five on the episodes to shout out because I can't just That's sit great. here and shout out all these people. So really quickly, Kyle McKnight, Ante Wes. Stanimal, uh, and Deputy Dan seven zero seven. Uh, all of them are premium subscribers to our Patreon account. Uh, they are street cops. Our three dollars subscribers are known as state troopers because we know street cops are better than state troopers. That's why the ten dollars ones go to street cops. So uh, thank you guys. Honest to God, it really uh, overwhelmingly means the world to all of us. And, it really and, does. And really, we did not see this coming three or four weeks ago when we decided to launch a Patreon, we had no idea that you guys wanted extra content that bad. And, and so, um, and we're going all in, we're building two new sets and, uh, really putting a lot of more time and energy into just really growing this show. So again, from the bottom of my hearts, thank you. The real true crime news of the week though, is Britney Spears posting her last post that I have shared on last call. Uh, and this is the last little bit of, of news. Um, if you go to last calls, Instagram page, it's just last underscore call, I believe. Last call 12. Last underscore 12. Mm-hmm. You'll see the picture that Britney Spears has posted. We love the last call Instagram page um, that is managed by Dead Like Media and myself. And that's how our relationship with Dead Like started, was simply monitoring that page. Andrea and I are, Andrea is going to start a um, night shift Instagram on her phone. And she is going to select a lucky female fan in the next week or so to manage that account as I have dead leg manage my last call and you'll get some perks. You'll get a couple of perks. You'll, uh, you'll get something dead leg gets a lot. So, um, and all you have to do is post uh, true crime stuff and you'll get for, you'll get one-on-one access every week to Andrea and you guys just pick and choose what's going to go on, on your night shift um, Instagram, uh, but it'll all be true crime related. So pictures of crime scenes, little paragraphs about the crime scene, what you learn from the show and you guys can have, we can have our own little night shift community. So that's yeah. coming through very soon. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's do some. Also, guys, in the future, we'll talk about it later, but we do want to. We're at around 9,200. You know what? Hang on. Can I just interrupt really fast? Because David is in the chats. Um, David not D- David Osbernson, um, followed him on Facebook for years. Uh, he's a big drinking bro. You're right. I should not have said a lucky lady. I shouldn't have said it could be anybody. David, it could be you. Uh, it's 2023. To put a wig on, send Andrea a picture. It could be you. I don't know. I shouldn't have said girl, though. It could be boy or girl. Uh, but it'll probably be a girl because I think if Andrea is going to share numbers with somebody, she's going to want a girl f- because it's less rapey that way. Like It's less, less likely rapey. she's going to get raped by a falconator and imperial girl. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Not saying that David's rapey or Will Cray's rapey, but it's just more of a chance of rapiness. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's more comfortable. To girls share girls' number. Boys share boys' numbers, right? Yes. Was that the is that the old adage? That's the song. That's um, why I said that. I didn't mean to be like a chauvinistic asshole. Not basically. at all. So we also what I was going to say is that we are approaching or we are around ninety two hundred um, Instagram followers on the main failure to stop page. Uh, we are looking to get that up to ten thousand. So a lot of things can change for us once it gets to ten thousand. So in the near future, we are going to be doing some uh, either t-shirt giveaways or some sort of incentive we will do a little contest you know just kind of a like share recommend a friend kind of thing um so you'll hear that coming out soon so let's do a quick little update on a case and then we're gonna dive in um idaho the college murders that's the only one we really have um any kind of update on if you learn nothing else from what i'm about to tell you and if you haven't learned it already do not believe everything you read on the internet. Thank you, David J for the $10 because this was clickbait 101. There was headlines everywhere circulating, circulating in the past couple weeks that said, um, if you remember the four students were murdered and there were two survivors on the very bottom floor of that home, it was two, two and two on each level. The two girls at the bottom, uh, were not ever potentially in danger. They weren't um, attacked or anything like that. They happened to be asleep. They woke up to someone being in their home and he was leaving. All right. So they survived it, but they both got a glimpse of Brian Koberger as he was, or allegedly Brian Koberger as he was walking through the home. Um, In saying that the headlines lately, it's just abhorrent because I can't stand it. They just make you, that's, that's why we have, that's why failure to stop even started was to, you know, um, clarify any misconceptions in the way that media makes us all perceive things. And it says everywhere, you know, um, basically survivor of Idaho college murders testifying or cooperating for the defense. That's not, she may have to get on stand for the defense at some point, not because she wants to go (laughs) cooperate with the defense. In fact, she abhorrently does not. Um, she is trying to actually thwart any effort that they have to subpoena her if it's even possible for her to do so. Um, but basically speaking in some way, the defense has said that her testimony would be, it would be in their favor for Brian. And, um, I'm not sure why we could spend a lot of time that I don't want to spend tonight on that, on speculation, um, if she had been untruthful, if she had, they've got to feel pretty comfortable to have her up there. Now, 
they haven't yet subpoenaed her as far as we know. So is this something they want to just kind of throw out there ahead of it all as well to a little public perception, right? A little, a little cloak and dagger, maybe make you start to think mm. some things. I don't know. We'll see. But that's the newest thing. Anyway, just take away from it that no, she is not willingly wanting to do anything with the defense. Uh, they are just talking about trying to have her uh, testify. So there's that. Now, the case that we're going to talk about, Dale Dinwiddie, if you look it up, her name is actually spelled a little bit unconventionally. It's uh, D-A-I-L. And it was, this is a 23-year-old young woman um, hailing from South Carolina. This case took place back in 1992. So you know what we do, guys. I feel like we need a little intro. We need like a pop culture. We do. And tonight's tonight's pop culture uh, update for the night is brought to you by David J. David J. sponsoring the pop culture update of the missing and unsolved case of Dale Denwitty. Andrea, what happened in 1992? Where were you You in 92? I was in... I was not born yet. Um, <laughs> Celebrated her 40th birthday in 92. <laughs> um, so this was actually a, a good mo- a good year for movies, guys. So 92. Um, so you got Aladdin. Huge. Oh, huge. great movie. Really? That was right? 92? Yeah. Man, yes, I loved yes. Aladdin. Loved that movie. Yeah. Still like it. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, great movie. My watch for that some tonight. reason... It's hard for me to align those in the same year. Right? It feel that feels you weird. Know, yeah. Wonder if that was Way of the Gun that time frame too. Let me read to you. I always feel like Way of the Gun was in that same time frame as uh, Reservoir Dogs. Maybe I'm not. I'm sure somebody will know. Um Reservoir Dogs Batman Returns. That's the Michael Keaton Batman. Oh, good one. Good one. The only Batman that I care about. Yeah. A few good men. Good you guys. Ooh. What has happened to movies? We have Solid nothing. movies, dude. Huge, huge. Uh, music. Uh, Nirvana's Nevermind album. You know, the baby floating in the water. Ooh, That's that yes, rose to the top. The, the pee-pee. Yeah. Little- yeah, imagine. Well, I mean, that kid just recently came out and I think tried to sue Nirvana. But um, yeah. I, it would be weird to be that kid. You know what I mean? Like, eh, he's a baby. Oh, yeah. That's my penis. Mm-hmm. That's my penis. All right. Um. Oh, y'all, crisscross. Why did I not remember crisscross that? Crisscross make you want to jump, jump. jump. Yeah, right. Okay, well, let's let's switch it up. Crisscross to yeah. uh, old Billy Ray Cyrus. Ah, oh, don't break my heart. Yep, some gave all and don't break my heart. heart. Nice. Mm-mm-mm. Nice. All right. I got a little Billy Ray Mullet going on here. You do. You do. Okay, you guys ready for this? So as we talk technology and and my technology, Windows 3.1, that's what I used last week, was released. <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Jeez, um, Pete. IBM introduced the ThinkPad to the world. That was the portable computer. All right, guys, can you, like, technology, I mean, exponentially, it blows my mind when we go back to these things that I know that was 30 years ago, but in 30 years, life is so different. It's, it's wild. Um, so IVR was being implemented. IVR is the interactive voice response. So think you call somewhere, the thing that we all hate, press one, 
press two if mm, press three if yeah if that was being um implemented in, in 1992 so prior to 92 you could call and talk to a human being wow um you ready for this uh huh? jpeg the jpeg standard was finalized so that's we didn't have the jpeg oh. type files for your photos right on your computer 92 92 and then um let's see here we didn't get our first family computer until like 97. yeah we were i think we were like 90 96 maybe something like that at my mom's house yeah that's what they told me yeah. i wasn't here yet it was something like that. It was like 98 or something like that. 97. I, I don't know. I was in like, I know I was in like eighth grade. It was almost high school mm -hmm. when we got our first computer. Um, okay. So in sports, we have Toronto Blue Jays win the World Series and the Chicago mm -hmm. Bulls won the 92 finals. Yeah. Um, okay. You ready? This is yeah, weird. We're wrapping this one up, but this actually cracks me up. When you look at um, cyber culture, the internet was starting to be adopted worldwide and you guys there was a whopping 26 websites you could go on Ooh. in 1992 <sighs> 26 um Pornhub X hamster absolutely not <laughs> and the Cosby show aired its final episode real quick when we're talking uh, about um phones so mobile phones 2G phones were launched in 92 okay. which is something 2G um, but 2G. keep this in mind because wow. this will make this will make sense for our case a little bit when we talk about, you know, think about it. People didn't have phones to call and this makes a difference in a lot of these cases uh, that we talked about. All right. So about I looked it up and about 0.42% of the population of people had a mobile phone at that time. 0.42%. Wow, that's nuts. Okay. And, and now look at us now. Literally Skynet is taking us over tomorrow on last call we're actually talking about uh, the google's head ai researcher just quit because he's nobody's paying any attention to the warnings that everybody including elon musk is giving out about ai getting out well, of control i don't even really like so, thinking about yeah, it it kind of grosses me that. out big time yeah wait till you hear tomorrow's story it's gonna be nuts but all right let's dive let's into this it. case of dale dinwiddie now i have to start by asking mm -hmm. dinwiddie is that Australian? Is that uh, Den Whitty? Mm -mm. Well, that... I don't know from where it hails, but they were American, you know, through and through. So I'm going to look up Den Whitty origin. Okay. Um, it's Scottish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Den Whitty? I don't I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to go back to September 23rd, 1992. So Dale. Uh, was 23 years old. She was living in Columbia, South Carolina. She had gone off to college um, in Virginia, actually, to, uh, where did she go? It was a women's college. I've got it here somewhere. Randolph-Macon Women's College in Lynchburg, Virginia, when she graduated high school. Moved up there, got a history or got a degree in art history uh, and moves back. What we know about her hobbies include a lot of, um, she was into equine things. So horses, she rode horses all the time, was very, very interested in them. She had asthma and she had allergies. So she did have an inhaler and she did receive twice a week injections for her allergies. Um, she was known to be a super sweet, sweet girl. Everybody that said that, of course, right. That knew her, loved her, uh, super kind. She was no nonsense. She, I think, 
I'm waiting for a true crime case and to like, come out where everybody stopped. says she was a yeah. bitch. Like that girl like was a fucking yeah. bitch. We hated her. Terrible in school. Wasn't yeah. smart. Like I want somebody to tell the truth because how is it that like everybody that gets unfortunately murdered was just an amazing. Well, I think she is. So they say that she was kind of no nonsense though. I think she did receive um, a decent amount of attention from the boys. She was super cute. She was very, very petite dead leg guys. We have a uh, dead leg in, in waiting in the wings as our producer tonight. And he has already done a dope job getting all of this set up. So dead leg, if you would just put up the photo, um, I'm not sure if it's called Dinwiddie one or just Dinwiddie. It's just her face. Uh, to show what she looked mm. like. So super duper cute. She stood five feet even and was about 96 pounds um, at this time. So teeny tiny little thing. Um, so Wow. Five, no, one? five even. Five feet. Five, five feet. even. Gosh, wasn't like that. Isn't that like considered midget? Like anything under five two? No. It's like. Uh, no. I think it's no? under four. Megan actually could probably speak out on this one. Mm. Under four. Four. Not because she is, but because she's studying <laughs> bones. She's a midget. Oh, because she's studying bones. <laughs> as soon as I said it. She's a midget. Oh, it's perfect. Um, so she, anyway, super sweet, uh, very successful in school. She's moved back at this point to Col- to Columbia from Virginia, and she uh, is now going to go back. She's going to go back to school to obtain her master's. That's what she's. Uh, that's what she's. Um, intending to do at USC and the University of South Carolina there, just outside of Columbia. Uh, she, there was really nothing on the job market, 92, where she was, she kind of tried a couple things, whatever, goes back to school. So at this point, she's living at home with her parents, Dan and Jean Dinwiddie, and she had a 16-year-old brother named Drew. Um, so that kind of lets you know a little bit about her, what she's what she's been up to. So on the night of September 23rd, it was a Wednesday night. Some friends were going to a U2 concert. U2 was playing there at the Williams Bryce Stadium. So think big stadium seating, right? At the time, I think it held around 73,000 people. It holds a little bit more now. So big influx. This is important to remember of people who were in the area who might not otherwise be in the area. That would have been a very big concert at that time. So, um, she decides to go, she throws on like a forest green pullover shirt, some faded jeans, tennis shoes. She had a blue LL bean jacket that she tied around her waist. Uh, and she hopped in her car with her friends or the car with her friends and they all go to the concert. So the show was over around 11, 15 PM. And then they go to an area, uh, near the college called five points uh, so at the time, this was five points are in, typically in 1992, five points were always and I don't know about this five points, but five points in most towns were like MLK Boulevard. Like so, You didn't want to go to five points. OK, so now they say that now it's not really the best area, okay. but um, back then it was it was it just, was it was okay. really it was um boisterous there was just it was kind of a lot of local watering holes there for the college kids so it was just college town they're all coming there to hang out and you got to think this was a wednesday night and it was slam packed already probably more so because of the concert right letting out so that's really something to keep in mind uh so she goes to this place with her friends there's a bar there called jungle gems 
And so a lot of people frequent this place. It was really known to all the college kids. And so they get in there and they're having a good time and they're there for a while. Well, around one o'clock in the morning, her friends are kind of looking for her. They don't see her. Uh, they make a couple laps and they finally leave thinking she just called a ride with someone else or potentially even called her parents, which she was known to do. She didn't mind to call them late at night and just be like, hey, come come pick me up. So uh, they left and didn't think really much about it. Right. So they go home. We don't yeah. know anything else that's going on with uh, with Dale. So that night. Her dad gets up, excuse me, the next morning, her dad gets up pretty early to let the dog out. And as he's walking through the house, he notices like Dale's door was kind of open. So he peeked in and noticed that her bed was, had not been slept in. Her bed was made and her radio was playing softly, um, much like it was the evening before when she was getting ready to head out. So he's concerned. He's not completely alarmed yet, but his radar is up because he knows that she wasn't one that would have been up that early and out of the house. Uh, And she also was not one that would not communicate. She was very communicative. She would Mm. always give them a call if she was staying out. Uh, Even at 23 years old, she was respectful of the fact that she was living in their home. And so uh, they said that, you know, he, he just immediately was a bit concerned, woke up her brother in the next room to ask Drew if he had seen her or heard anything or heard her come in overnight. And he said no. So he lets the dog out. And then he eventually goes back into his bedroom to tell Jean, his wife, you know, that, hey, her bed's not been slept in and she's not here. So they kind of get up and walk around for a bit and, um, you know, just try to figure out what's going on. Really, they called some of her friends. Nobody's seen her. They don't know. So around 8.25, 8.30 that morning, they call uh, local law enforcement to say that she was missing. And now they're really pretty panicked because they just, they know innately this is very outside of her character. Now we know that she's 23. And so they quickly things start moving in this case where they do start looking for her. But, but you know, right initially, the first call, it's more like, well, she's 23. You know, she could have yeah. anything. Could have had, she could have gone anywhere. But I think her family was pretty convincing when they were saying no, like, ab- you know, absolutely not. Um, so <clears throat> the police come now, and they start. A, just a, a quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, when they checked to see that her bed was made, uh, was she potentially sleeping on a ghost bed? Was that bed a ghost bed? Did they have ghost beds back in 1992? I think they did. If you don't know about ghost bed, guys, ghost bed is our loyal sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning of time. Right now, they are offering up to 50% off on their website uh, or 40% off. Listen, I have to go to the website all the time to check. Um, it's it's ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack because they are just constantly updating these deals. They are huge supporters of law enforcement and first responders, and that's why they offer these deals. They have a, a Mother's Day uh, sale coming up. Uh, coming up. Um, and so right, right now, looks like, uh, yeah, there's deals galore, guys. If you're not sleeping on a ghost bed, you need to. Right now, there's 35% off the ghost bed flex, 50% off the ghost bed lux. 35% off the 3D matrix. They have the cooling sheets. They have the cooling pillows. Um, there's 50% off of bundles going on right now. I think there's a 40% off deal uh, on there too for like pillows and also the other stuff. Um, you can get a 10% off coupon if you go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Listen, they have uh, all sorts of payment plans for these things too. Um, 0% down, 0% financing. And that's if you have uh, your firefighter credit or state trooper credit. 
Um, so it really doesn't take a lot, guys. Support those who support us. Keep them going. That is ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. It's scary. Back to Andrea. Uh, Michael Hendricks coming in with a sublime reference in the comments. Um, okay. That's dope. I respect All that. right. So, uh, so police start to talk to people at the bar, right? So now they find out that the bouncer is really the only one there that has any information. Um, to be clear, he has never been looked at as a person of interest. He was checked out and cleared a long time ago. Um, but he was the last person to have seen her because when we know her friends left around one o'clock, they actually, uh, they left. And then about 10 minutes later, she came up to the bouncer saying that she was looking for her friends. And she, since she knew him and she said, have you seen them? Like, I can't find them anywhere. And, uh, I think he told her at the time that they had left, uh, or at least that he had not seen them. So she kind of circles back around again. And then the next time he sees her, she's walking down the street, headed north on whatever this road was. It starts with an H. Um, so let's see here. Uh, real yep. quick in the chat, David said if he ever gets married again, uh, he is going to get a ghost bed. Listen, you don't have to just get a full ghost bed to experience the luxury of ghost bed. Honest to God, the ghost bed pillow is a complete life changer. Um, if you, especially if you're a guy that's on the road and you travel, uh, a ghost bed pillow is absolutely insane. I can I can sleep without the ghost bed if I have to. I don't like it, but I but definitely cannot sleep without my ghost bed pillow. So, and those deals come with the pillow. Mother's Day, get your mama, get your mama a ghost a bed idea. pillow. It's a very It'd good idea. Great, great gift for mama. So at one, uh, when she asked the bouncer if he had seen them, like I said, that was around one fifteen. So he sees her again right at one thirty. She's leaving the bar and walking north on Hardin Street. That's the street, the main street out front there of Jungle Gyms. Um, if, if, uh, hey, Dad, if you want to, there's a picture of, uh, jungle gems, just kind of old dive bar. You can see it definitely looks like a little college bar. Uh, and she, oh, uh, the bouncer stated that she looked, huh? Oh, yeah. I, it just looks like true crime happens at the jungle gems. Food also, and spirits. Come early on, nineties and like, there's another. I might have. Oh, I'm not sure if I uploaded it or not. Wow, jeez. Um, Look, I know because it's desolate there, but I can picture a, some lights up and a million college kids packing that thing. Because yeah. if you're just listening. And like two chicks like, getting roofied and dragged out behind that white outhouse back there. Yeah, maybe. And if you're just crime. listening, um, it's we show it's kind of a half brick wall, some uh, <laughs> some old wood post holding the thing up. But it, it certainly looks like a quintessential old school dive bar in a college town. That's uh, what it appears to be. But that's that's Jungle Gyms. That's where she was. All right. So the bouncer did state that she looked, quote, alone and in a hurry. She did not seem to be stumbling or inebriated otherwise, uh, but alone and in a hurry. So Dale did not take her purse with her. When she left, she left it at the bar. We don't know. There aren't accounts of people or at least the public doesn't know. I, I don't know if she had been um, imbibing a ton. I don't know what her, uh, you know, preference was in that sense. If, if she even did drink very much, we don't, we don't know these things. It's not been made. Uh, we've not been made privy to it. So thousands of flyers with her picture were passed around South Carolina by her family. Um, everyone who knew her knew she, they say she, there's no way she would have run, run away. She hated to be alone. 
they also said that she was super, um, she was pretty savvy. Like she, they, no one that knows her thinks for a minute she would have gotten in a car with someone, uh, that she didn't know. Uh, she was pretty quick to shut men's advances down if they, uh, were untoward with her, if she was not interested, she was kind of no nonsense in that way. Uh, no one heard anything. There was no evidence of foul play. They found nothing. The police found nothing when they investigated the route that she would have taken home. Uh, they did initially believe that she may have been kidnapped and still kind of potentially believe that. The problem here, thank you, Dad. The, the problem here is that just from the very building blocks of the case, a crime scene was never established. So when there's no crime right. scene established, it's very difficult. And Eric, you can speak on this, but it's very difficult to properly comb for evidence. And like at this point, you're just kind of searching for her or any little thing you can find like in the grass or on the street when you can't properly cordon off, um, you know, a crime scene and, and, and any of the tests that you would do or anything you would look for when you have a specific area, a house, a parking lot, anything, you don't have it here because we don't know where she was last alive. Yeah, it's not like 92. They had like a plethora of no videotapes and all that shit either. Um, I mean, right. talking like highway cameras, like now, you know, you kidnap somebody. They do it. I mean, they, they'll, they'll pull highway tapes, see what cars came in and came out. Well, you mean, can potentially track somebody from, I mean, from the crime scene to the, you know what I mean? Or from well, the, that's how they got the, the Idaho guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, this would be a really tough case too. Uh, and the fact that she left her purse. I feel like that seems uncharacteristic from everything I've read. Was roofies a thing back then? Oh, I'm sure something was. But did you, but remember what I said? The bouncer said when he saw her last, it was at 1.30 walking north on Hardin Street alone and in a seemingly in a hurry, but did not mm -hmm. appear inebriated or unbalanced mm -hmm. or anything like that. Hmm. I mean, so, and, and yeah, yeah. As far as establishing a crime scene, somebody did ask, like, uh, typically if you have a missing person, I mean, it's, it's different with every case. I mean, it's kind of like the patrol officer's discretion on like when that goes out, obviously it's a little kid or, or if it's an elderly person that's got dementia or like a, you know, potential suicide or something, we worked really, really quickly, but a 23 year old that didn't come home last night, you know, we're not calling in the Calvary for that because if we did that for every single 23 year old that didn't come home, we would never get any work done. Yeah. Because we probably get two or three of those calls every day. Yeah. Uh, and you wait till noon, you wait till one, wait till two, and they come back. But the problem with the 23-year-old is there's no law that says you have to come home as a 23-year-old. There's no law that says that. Right. So what crime has been committed? Right. And we're law enforcement. So if there's not been a law that's been broken, I mean, really, at that point, I guess, you know, like we're serving and protecting, but it's like, it's weird. Missing people is a weird is is a weird case yeah. to to get involved with, and and it's it's not rare either. That's the problem. You're gonna get a missing person every single yeah. day that you work, every single day, every single day. You're gonna go. You're gonna at least hear a missing call go out in in a big city. Yeah, and I think that they did pretty quickly, pretty quickly switch tides from thinking of it as a missing persons to actually starting to think that it was a kidnapping. But even still, you know, once that about 24 hours or so have gone by, you've lost some valuable time. Also, you know, it's even 
less likely that you could establish a, a proper crime scene, even if you knew where it was. And here they don't. It's it's too vague. It's too much space, too much area to cover in that in that kind of way. Um, so she also babysat a family friend, an eight-year-old boy. Uh, this lady, I sent an email out to her. I'm going to check right now and keep refreshing. Uh, I didn't find her proper email address actually until today, so I'm not expecting much. This is where Patreon comes in, though, guys, because these people I reach out to, if I do get an opportunity to interview or get statements from them, uh, that will be Patreon content. But um, So Kathleen Parker was the mother of this boy that Dale babysat, and Kathleen was very, very close to the family. They had been longtime family friends. Dale had kept her... Um, kept her son for quite some time. And she, that day, that the day that they initially on September 24th realized that Dale is missing, Jean, Dale's mother, calls Kathleen to say, you know, you need to go pick up your son today from school. Uh, Dale won't be at the bus stop waiting for him. And Kathleen said she got off the phone and immediately just started sobbing because she, in her gut, she knew that was not, uh, that yeah, was so out of the norm that she wouldn't have left her charge. She wouldn't have left the child without a ride home and without communicating that she wasn't going to be there to pick him up. Okay. So that's another little piece of, uh, piece of that puzzle. So let's talk real quick. And we will talk about this at the very end. There is currently still a $20,000 reward offered. Um, you can contact 888 crime SC. 888-CRIME-SC with any tips or leads that you have. We say it all the time. Even if if you were in college at that time and you're kicking it and someone looked like they were struggling. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that she just up and left her purse. And, and walked you know quickly. What I'm saying? I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and they didn't have a cell phone. It's not like she got a text. So you got to take your brain away from that. Like, oh, maybe somebody texted her that they needed to meet up with her and she hauled ass. Like they didn't have text mm-hmm. messages back then. No. And um, what would cause you in 1992? Uh, what right. would cause you to. Well, you were probably close to that age in 92. Uh, roughly. You're a little older. True. Uh, ten, 10 years or so older. Uh, but, you know, take yourself back to 23-year-old, um, this girl. What would make you leave your purse? Now, I get it. There was no cell phones back then, so maybe your purse wasn't. Was, it, was your purse that important in 92? Well, sure. I mean, it still had her license and her, yeah, right? you know, her lipstick and her license, whatever. I mean, her stuff, you know, she's not going to want to leave it. So her money, I mean, it's like, be like your wallet. You know, you don't want to leave your wallet anymore. And, and I, they probably weren't running off of debit cards in 92 either so much. Probably cash, checks. Yeah, cash, debit you know. card wasn't um, a thing in 92. So, I mean, I can't imagine unless I saw something outside that caught my eye or I hear when I catch wind of like, oh, something's going on out there or someone's hurt out there or I, I don't I don't know. Uh, it just sounds very, very bizarre. Davey, uh, Michael Hendricks already already said it, already said the already gave the sublime reference. Um, so Kevin Reese is actually the cold case investigator that is currently on this. I listen to a lot, a lot, a lot of interviews with him. This guy is stand up. I really, uh, I just got a soft spot for him immediately. He is a go getter. He's one that talks about just going and not, he's like, just get down to the basics, knock on doors, get out there and continuously do this. Tire yourself out doing it. He said, um, um, just that it means everything in the world to him to get this solved. It's his mission in life to, you know, 
try to provide closure or comfort to any cold case that comes across his path. But this one really uh, has him has him pretty hooked. And uh, but he just seemed he was very, very knowledgeable. And he just said all the right things. They're doing everything that they possibly can. And there's only so much they can go off of. Um, so that's that. Now, are you guys ready for theories? Because holy cow, this is where it gets weird. Um, okay. Yeah. Let me know. Is there a chance that she wanted, you know, college drinking, you know, maybe one of those little food cart hot dogs? You know, she had a hankering for a Polish she sausage. Her purse. I mean, you could just snatch the cash. I mean, again, I remember like in 92, you know, you know, you could leave back in 92, you could leave your purse to like mark your spot because it's not like there was a cell phone in there and nobody's stealing a purse. Like as long as you had the cash in your pocket, nobody was going to take your fucking lipstick and a couple of business cards and some tampons. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm asking like in 92, was it really that crazy to leave your wallet behind? Cause it's not like you couldn't just take your cash out really I mean, quick. are you saying temporarily like knowing she's coming back right like, like yeah like could, could she have been coming back like you know if i'm at the bar you know right and and i i you know i've established my seat at the bar or my corner you know you know in 92 i kind of feel like you could have probably thrown a purse up there and been like you know i, I feel like my mom would have done that a lot like we would go to the movie theater and she would drape her purse over one seat and then her jacket over another seat. Yeah, but she and then we would leave. go get our popcorn. Leave. You know, we would leave to go get our popcorn. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Is that like I can vividly remember my mom holding seats and holding things with their purse. Like, because we didn't have things as valuable as cell phones back then. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't I, I'm know. not a girl, so I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I don't think that that would generally be, especially like in a college bar. Like, I don't think that would generally be the case. I'm not saying that she couldn't have, um, in terms of just what got her outside. I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And well, if so there are no witnesses, options. there's no friends that she was with. No. So that's well, her friends left, right? right. They thought I she know, had already gone. Like, so they left and no one else recalls anything. No one saw a struggle. No one else remembers seeing her. Keep in mind that concert had just let out, which added seven, potentially up to 73,000 people. Um, probably a good chunk of those who were not already columbia residents and what concert right? was it you too so it, it would have been so a big concert not, not a lot of like psychedelics and shit going on at a U2 concert mm-hmm. though no 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 it, it, nothing has made mention that they were on anything like that at all so let's talk some ideas Woo we so let's change gears just take everything i told you and put it in one little in your brain Outside. if you've ever compartmentalized okay. this is going to be right up your alley so moving right along 37-year-old former sailor, um, this guy named Rivera. Um, Why don't you like the name uh, Rivera? No, I'm saying, ugh, thinking about this guy. He's gross. Okay. Uh, Ronaldo Rivera, Ronaldo Javier Rivera. What's gross um, about him? He doesn't look gross. No, he doesn't there, necessarily. You want to show him with the bulletproof vest on? dead um i think i sent that one over <laughs> it's like boy you got a tan look at them looks nice that's not him 
That's not him. That's the detective on the cold case. Nope. Uh, Just for the listeners out there, uh, Javier, what did you say his name was? Oh, Ronaldo Rivera. Ronaldo Rivera. I mean, he looks like uh, he looks a little Colombian to me. Um, He looks, you know, he's he's got a Colombian style mustache with a little bit of uh, he he doesn't manscape. He doesn't go to manscape.com promo code Wolfpack for his face or anything. But I mean, I bet you he cleans up pretty dapper. Honestly, puts on some of those Colombian capris. uh, Madrid. Oh, so I'm not far off. Yeah. Uh, but grew up in America. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me make sure I'm telling you the right thing. Yeah. So, he was a bad mamma jamma, and he is currently on death row in Georgia, oh. which I have a call out to them too, because I don't know, it's state Whoa. by state and potentially inmate by inmate um, in terms of what communication they're allowed. I mean, I can easily write him a letter, but sometimes phone calls are allowed. So, oh. Damn, but he does look handsome in that picture. I mean, it's very 1992. Okay. So, so he is being marched into court on charges of uh, four rape and murders of women that were anywhere. Three of them were 17 and one was 21. One was actually former army and was a police officer. Um, He ultimately was charged with the murder of one and with the sexual another one who survived. So what happened is uh, he was found in a hotel with wrists that he, his own, he had slashed his wrist, which like ugh, coward, but he slashes. The reason I'm saying coward is because right. he knew that the girl he had just brutally attacked and tried to kill and raped was able to flee and contact authorities and let authorities know where he was. Mm. Um, so, she went with him to her house or to to her house where he raped her and stabbed her in the neck with a steak knife from the kitchen. And I think <sighs> I did give you that one. It's called survivor. I think on the tag dead. And so it's a picture of this girl with her mother after she survived. Oh, this very, very brutal. God, attack. That mullet um, if you're is just incredible. Listening, yeah, I think her hair is pulled back in a ponytail. Oh, her mom's. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you are just listening, she has uh, her, it's hard to see here on this um, on this photo, but her right eye is very, very bloodshot, uh, and her neck from her left oh, ear down to her clavicle, gross. down to her collarbone, has multiple uh, sutures and and or staples. It's hard to see here from uh, where they repaired her stab wounds that were to her neck, and he also uh, he also raped her. So she was the one that survived Jeez. and got away and was able to. She has a very um, she has a very Jane Seymour look to her. Like a young Jane Seymour. No, don't do it. Uh, I'm not being serious. Like she doesn't she doesn't yeah, yeah, she yeah. look a little Jane Seymourish to you? Kind of. I don't know how much you love Jane. Well, I do love yeah. Jane, but I'm not like rapey that. about it. So what he would tell these girls is that he was opening a modeling agency and would ask them about their lives and offer to, you know, uh further their career and get them into this and all the it's 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 terrible, right? So we know that um, they investigators got a call. It says from about 30 women that said they were approached by him between 1999, uh, and, and, uh, 2002, I believe. So 
Also, separately, in Fayetteville, Georgia, there are 15 unsolved cases in the area. Six of them involve the murder of prostitutes in that area between the, between the years of 1987 and 1999. Almost all of them were beaten and strangled, and his, uh, his method of killing was strangulation after he had raped them. Um, anyway, so this is him. <laughs> There was some back and forth with him. We don't, his trial doesn't really matter much. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've got too many notes on what went down in the trial. Ultimately, all you need to know is that, uh, first of all, that's Chris Lee Barton, the girl that you just saw the picture of. That's the survivor. I think it's worth saying her name. But um, he was sentenced to death for the killing of one of the women. He admitted to two of them, but then these remains were found otherwise that he was charged with. Uh, he remains on Georgia's death row at the Georgia Diagnostic and Classification State Prison in Jackson. It's the only one that carries um, uh, will carry out electric electrocutions there or death penalty there. I guess it would be maybe injection. Um, so what you need to know about him, though, is that he in 1992, where was Ronaldo Rivera? He was a student at the University of South Carolina. Oh, damn. The crazy thing, though, is that they did, they haven't found her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, you'd think that they'd find a body somewhere. I know. Mm. The fact that she went by herself and she walked fast, there has to be a way to lure somebody away from a bar like that. Or did she leave for something else, as we've already seen in the chats? Keep in mind. The discussing humans that are in the chat said that she went to go get ice cream at the ice cream truck. But, I mean, you say that to be funny. But, I mean, I mean, you could, in 1992, be like, yo, I hear the fucking ice cream truck. Let me put my purse in. Or anything. It could be any reason. Um, And then somebody take advantage of that because you're just a crime of opportunity at that right. point. But where do you go? Like, where do, where do they take her? Well, okay. So keep in mind, I trust what the bouncer is saying, and I think he's probably accurate. He could be wrong. He may not have seen her walking down the street. Right. I mean, he for sure saw her at 115 when she asked him if she if he had seen her friends and she couldn't find them. But her with all those people in and out of that bar, when he said, no, I saw her walking that way, He that could be, you know, like a mistake. That may be you know, a mis misinformation there. Right. Nope. Um, are you doing that? Yeah, that's me. I'm just looking at some of these pictures. I was trying okay. to hit this. So one we're going to talk one. about the second theory. This is the last one we got. Okay. So you guys bear with me. Ooh, this one just gets me a little, I'm going to have to keep saying okay. alleged on this one so that we don't get canceled. Also, we don't say alleged on Patreon. We say whatever the fuck we want. Actually, I'm doing Ooh, a whole Patreon. Patreon oh, this is monologue. not on Patreon. I know, but on Patreon monologue, I'm doing a whole a whole monologue on, on the use of the c word. But this one, um, we are not on Patreon, so I'm gonna have to be careful to say it. Right. Go ahead, cut it up. Ooh, we all right. So in March of 2021, there was an alleged victim of a reported sexual assault. Okay. She went to the South Carolina State Law Enforcement Division. That's SLED. Where have you heard that, guys? SLED. Oh, SLED. That was in uh, Murdoch. Correct. Murdoch That's who heavily investigated the Murdoch trial, right? Mm, so mm, mm. Uh, uh, someone who reported sexual assault came to them and stated that there was a man who allegedly assaulted her 
and prior to doing so remarked that she looked she quote reminded him of dale dinwiddie now if he Whoa. said this wait this wait, 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 dale. wait he could just what? be a sicko he but said you remind what... me of dale dinwiddie right and when this happened so, in 2011 no, this was in 2021. This girl oh, came to SLED to say that a long time prior, this had happened. Okay. So there. Oh, God. So Damn. who is Wait, she saying? Okay, so, that, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Who is saying, who is she saying said this to her? It was a Columbia, South Carolina attorney and former South Carolina State Accident Fund director, Harry Gregory, a very well-connected lawyer. He was the um, same man whose home had been raided one week prior by police in connection with an ongoing child sex investigation. What? Um, He, so I'm going to quote here. This is a Fitz News article. this I clearly didn't. I mean, I, I've read as much as I can. Is about this, him. Is this it Harry him. Gregory? Yeah. This is him. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. God, he looks like a creep. So of course that's his mugshot. That's not going to be his best. We can show him in a moment um, in a different light, more professionally, and you can kind of get an idea. But he's since been charged with multiple counts of committing lewd acts on a minor in 2002. In 2004, he is currently, let's see here, see, I think 61 years old. Uh, he would have been, in, you know, around thir- in his early 30s at the, at, well, when, excuse me, when Dale went missing, he would have been in his early 30s. He would have been in his early 40s during this time. So he was charged with multiple counts of committing lewd acts on a minor in 2002 and 2004. Uh, his case was referred to the South Carolina, South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson, so they decided if they're going to handle it personally or with a solicitor. If you remember, we talked about the way the South Carolina Circuit Court, the way they all do, they have the solicitors, they have these people that are appointed by governors. It's kind of a, a, a bit of a different uh, hierarchy in on the judicial side there than it is in some other places. So uh, they decide to to take care of this. So. Why in the world was he not maybe identified in connection with Dinwiddie or why would he have been? Um, At the time, law enforcement sources uh, did not consider the Dinwiddie narrative provided to them by the accuser credible. So they say that they don't discount the rest of her story. They don't discount the allegations on sexual assault, but they apparently determined early on that the link that she made between Gregory and his comment about Dinwiddie was um, unfounded. So, you know, we'll see. So why would she make that up? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, and if she's being honest about the other, it's kind of weird, right? Right. Like that would be like a really random thing to. Yeah. Like that would be a strange flex to like. Yeah. You want to be like, and he said, I mean, I mean, I I guess I'm not from South Carolina. So like the case isn't, you know, I've never heard of the case. Maybe the case is mind would have been on my radar, but. Right. So get this. So on Thursday, March 18th, so a week prior to this girl, which I think is maybe what would have, if I'm speculating, caused her to come forward at that time to speak on him, to say that she had been assaulted by him. Now, here's the deal. We know, too, not everyone that comes comes forward many years later is being accurate. And, and a lot of times they are. So that's, you know, I'm not going to get in the weeds of that. We'll see. 
Um, but his home was raided in downtown Columbia shortly after 7.30 in the morning. So we're going to talk about this and why this is a little bit out of the norm. It looks like they came, deputies came with a search warrant that were connected to the 2002 and 2004 child sex crimes that he was facing at that time. Okay. Um, there is some speculation. There are some veteran law enforcement officials. We That's as much as I've gotten in terms of what they consider their source uh, who will speak on this briefly. They believe um, wholeheartedly that the raid on his home uh, was driven actually by the Dale Dinwiddie case, not by the sex charges with which he has been charged. We've talked about this before. Maybe that charge on this, uh, these sex acts in 2002 and 2004 were exactly what they needed to get to his home to find further evidence that they otherwise couldn't search him for in the Dale Dinwiddie case, right? All of this is alleged. Wow. And there's a reason I'm going to have to keep saying that to you. This yeah. is all alleged. Because he's a lawyer, does he like keep suing? Well, people this is just these, so. These are that the, these are the things that yeah. happened um, from a from in terms of a court of law. This is what happened, and I'll keep you um, up to date with what is current with him now. Uh, so they do say that he was well known around town for seeking the attention of younger women. I mean, what man's not? He's a sixty-year-old man who likes twenty-year-old <laughs> girls. It says, which skeeves me out, but also. Oh, does not a murderer make him right? Um, it doesn't even make him a child molester. That just he's just a dirty dog. Uh, so rumors do there are rumors that he um, that once he actually did get the attention of these younger women, though a couple of women who have dated him did say that considered him a sadist, meaning someone who uh, derives their sexual gratification from inflicting pain on others. Um, and he, God, what is it with like rich lawyers and rich people? No, he doesn't want it himself. Rich politicians that's usually what happens the whole... is they want to be, they want to be dominated, right? He's actually wanting to inflict humiliation. No, I'm saying like they're all into this like yeah, sadist, like, like weird shit, way. man. Like they like Ugh. beat women. Well, yeah, right. but it's like Something it's always weird. involved, right? Like, why can't like I don't know. We don't kink shame, but I do. I don't know. I draw the yeah, line personally at pain. I don't want to be hurt at all. And I don't want to hurt so, anybody else. And also I'm not really into younger chicks in their twenties. Like if you're going to do if, like, if you're going to be into some shit, like why wouldn't you go with like a girl, you know, like around 30, 40 years old, like, like late thirties, like where they really know, like my wife's in her prime right now. That's why you'll have She's 36. Children. She was 24. I mean, she was 24. I was something to teach her yeah. stuff and like show her the way. You know what I'm saying? 36, Quite literally. she is well-rounded, knows all the things. Um, so, but, <laughs> so listen to this. So he had been married prior, uh, and there were a lot of allegations of abuse in that marriage. This is why his former wife left him. In fact, her friends spoke to say that he, quote, beat her mercil mercilessly. He abused her horribly. So we know the dude, even if he's not um, guilty in these things he's been charged with, He's got a pretty kind of gross background. The dude's a bit shady. So we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on there. So when, let's see here. So it says, why, why are we thinking that if the cops have said that they cannot find um, a parallel between a parallel between the Dinwiddie case, Dale Dinwiddie, and with Harry Gregory, the lawyer and the sexual abuse charge and all these kinds of things, alleged sexual abuse, uh, why 
why do other people in the town, why is this still speculatory? Why are people still wanting to kind of connect the dots here? And so, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a few reasons would be, one of the big ones would be the extensive nature of this raid on his home. You guys, he was a pretty prominent lawyer there in Columbia. He's also uh, served on certain committees that at the time, Nikki Haley, the governor of South Carolina, appointed him to. The dude was known around town. He was very well connected. It's not incredibly logical to think that this team of detectives or SWAT or whatever they would be, they show up guns drawn to his home. They could have just gone to his office and quietly taken him out back when he got off. Right. This is a, this was in 2000, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself, but this was just in 2021 right. that he was charged with these things from 2002 Ooh. and 2004. So you're looking at almost 20 years later, almost 20 years have passed and all of a sudden, at 7.30 in the morning, in his home, law enforcement, guns drawn, loudspeaker present, uh, tried to get him to come out. They know they note that there's a presence of a battering ram. Uh, I mean, it was a big production. It was an over-the-top production. I don't... A search warrant's a search warrant. And you're going to serve a search warrant the same way every time. And I know you're not used to yes like that. Yes, and and Raleigh, if there's a search warrant on a house, the SWAT team will go. Now you're going to come in with a team of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if there's a search warrant, yes, yep, yep. Uh, and when you say the loudspeaker, my my perception on that is is uh, the SWAT team instead of just blasting in the door and and throwing in flashbangs and doing the whole nine yards, it means he was like less of a threat. And so they do what's called a call out where they line everything up, they get everything ready to go. And then they get on the big loudspeaker and they tell you to come to the door, turn around, walk backwards. And it is a, a, a to do. Um, if they thought that he was a threat, they would have blasted the door down and flashbang the windows and, you know, whatever. Well, that um, I understand. I just felt like with him being a lawyer, there's a, like, there's a destruction a of, there's a destruction of evidence in a case like that, that you cannot afford to you know, risk, risk them. You've got to get you, you, in the search warrants for the house. So, you know, let's just for the listeners out there. If, if I, if I suspect something of you, I'm not just going to wait to get a search warrant. So like, let's say this detective gets a drop at two o'clock in the, and I don't know, cause I, I'm not that familiar with this case, but let's just, for instance, say two o'clock PM, a, a hint or a tip gets dropped to this detective. Um, and he talks to this person till three o'clock in the afternoon and he calls his supervisor and his supervisor says, great, I'll be, I'm coming in on night shift. I'll be there at six and you can brief me at six. So he okay. waits till six detective, the supervisor comes in. He says, okay, what do we have to substantiate this evidence? What do we have here? Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's, let's track that down really quick. Call this person and see what they say. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I think we have enough. Let's go ahead and write a search warrant. Now it's 7 PM. And now a search warrant is going to take you, I mean, in a very stressful situation, we've got to do a search warrant. We got to do it right now. Uh, two hours two hours if you're lucky you know okay. i don't know of anybody else that can write it faster than two hours in this case it's probably not that exigent 
you're talking four hours to make sure all the I's are crossed, T's are dotted, blah, 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 blah. Um, you run it down to the magistrate. The magistrate's going to look at it. Oh, he's a rich, prominent lawyer. Oh, well, they get a little benefit. So let's talk to the DA to make sure before we smash this guy's dick in the ground because they have more rights than than the peasants do. It's unfortunate, but that's real. They, you know, and I don't know that they did that or not, but you know, there, there's going to be a lot of talk and everything. So when they finally get the search warrant in hand at midnight, then they're going to do their SWAT briefing. Well, now the SWAT's got to come in and get all geared up. That's going to take to one o'clock in the morning. They're going to rehearse it. That's one thirty in the morning. Now it's two o'clock in the morning and here we go. Okay. Let's go do it. We're not going to say, oh shit, it's two o'clock in the morning. Let's wait until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning to serve this thing. And then we'll all get coffee and donuts first. And then we'll, nah, they just, they hit that shit when they're ready right. to hit it. But keep this in mind. I think the the one thing that's a bit different, I know you're saying a search warrant is a search warrant, but it, if you're looking at evidence and talking about um, trying to get rid of things quickly, they were coming in on a search warrant and with charges from allegations that stem from almost 20 years ago. Yeah. He, in other words, would have not necessarily had a uh, reason to know they were coming. Like at any turn, this was kind of a surprise to him. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? It's not like he's sitting there looking out his window, you know, hoping they don't get there because he knows he did something a week ago. I mean, but we also don't know that. what does he have? What what does he have right now? What does he have on his phone right now? What kind of child pornography is on his laptop right now? Uh, these lawyers are, they right. know, they know acid washing. They know destroying of cell phones. They know flushing shit down the toilet. I mean, they burning hard drives. I mean, and they know the chance of suicide, honestly. Uh, that's kind of like your biggest thing on a search warrant like this is like, yeah, let's not let this guy commit suicide either. We got to make this thing quick, fast and in a hurry. But obviously there's a search warrant for something that they needed in that house. Now, could it have been a souvenir scarf? Could have been a souvenir condom? I don't fucking know. I've, I've seen it all. They wanted in his house. I think it was the idea of the way they went about it because then some other law enforcement, um, people on here were saying like on, uh, on this particular article I was reading, is that do cops normally raid people's houses for inappropriately touching a child almost 20 years ago? Uh, and this police officer said no, or it's an old detective said, no, they do not. Um, it, you know, it's interesting. Regardless, I will say it did cause a, a wave of uh, thought provocation there when they so uh, aggressively went in for this and they did raid his home. Um, so uh, one of the attorneys familiar said it was overkill. Well, you know, we'll see. It doesn't, We'll, we'll take that out even then. It says, but one of the law enforcement uh, sources said, I do think that they are guarding the Dinwiddie part of the investigation. So it is just uh, kind of abundantly clear or pretty prevalent thinking that any of this stuff likely is being looked at more so toward the Dinwiddie case, if you will allegedly and and, and so abby ellsworth in the chat said what is acid watching acid watching it's just a loose term for like using like a bleach bit um which is like like a doomsday device for a computer like it securely erases everything on your computer um and i guess because it's called bleach bit you know when you use bleach to acid wash your jeans or whatever i don't know i don't know why they call it acid watch it's not like they're dumping like acid on there mm -hmm. but it's usually like a and again i'm not a uh computer scientist either but usually they're referring to from what i know is what's called a bleach bit 
which is like a device that just erases everything on a computer. It's what Hillary Clinton used to wipe all of her shit clean completely. But I think she also smashed those computers as well. She went the extra mile. She just had a concussion. Who did? So she said that's why she couldn't testify. Oh, because she had a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, they called Um, it acid washing. But um, Okay. A couple more things on this, uh, and we'll start wrapping it up. But uh, just like we talked about uh, Ronaldo Rivera a minute ago, and after I told you all about him and these crimes that he committed that had to do with women close to her age in that same area, and then we learned that he's actually a student in the University of South Carolina. He has been asked about this and denies it. He's also pled not guilty to the others after he admitted that he did it and his DNA was found. So so what's to say? Um, but keep these things in mind. Uh, in terms of Harry Gregory, the lawyer, I will tell you that I'm trying not to be biased here. Not I will, even if he's not complicit in this, something's super fishy here, and we're going to talk about why. Something smells real bad about this case to me involving Harry Gregory. But uh, listen to this: Police have long believed Dinwiddie was kidnapped. Uh, they suggest it was likely a carefully planned abduction, considering the lack of witnesses or evidence connected to her disappearance. Uh, you know, we've been talking about a very, another very high profile South Carolina case that involves lawyers and familial, um, maybe some nepotism and some, you know, some, some dirty deeds. Right. And so I started thinking, man, this guy reminds me a little bit kind of in his actions and even a little bit in his looks of old Murdoch. Right. So I looked Mm. it up. He's about Mm -hmm. seven years, uh, Murdoch is about seven years Harry's junior. So they would not have been in law school together. That's where a lot of Alex. But I mean, they would have been buddies, all those lawyers. Like every fucking lawyer knows each other. Correct. That's what's crazy. Yep. So Alec, uh, a lot of the people he was working with at his firm that he worked at, uh, he had actually gone to college with a lot of them. Not with this guy. Uh, However, I looked it up and Columbia is just a couple of hours from Hampton County. Uh, Alec Murdoch was located and, and where he was kind of born and raised. Uh, and so I thought, man, that's just, I don't know, something about this guy, right? And they very likely did know each other. So check this out. Okay. Uh, so Dinwiddie, when you go it. back to the, when you go back to the Dale Dinwiddie case, here's a quote that says Dinwiddie just vanished, just quote vanished. That was in the words of former solicitor and current state Senator Dick Harpootlian, whose office worked the case. Do you know who Dick Harpootlian is? <laughs> He was actually the defense attorney for Alec Murdoch. Um, oh, shit. Which is interesting. Old Harpootley. It may mean nothing, but it's me interesting. Me and Harpootley so, used to throw him back back in the day. Yeah. So check check this out, though. So so Harry Gregory, this lawyer, let's go back to where Dale Dinwiddie was. We know where – we know that uh, – uh, why do I keep messing his name up? Oh, Ronaldo Rivera, uh, the mm. serial rapist and killer – was in fact a student there at USC at the time. So what was Harry doing at that time? Well, at that time, he was in Columbia um, already. He was still there or had had not been away or anything like that. His home was actually just a few blocks away from where where Dale lived with her parents. Uh, He was known in 1992, let's say around that area, by friends of his for seeking out the attention of younger women as well. At that time, he would have been in his early 30s. Dale was 23. Uh, So Jungle Gems, the bar, if you remember, we showed you that Dale was at the last place she was seen. 
was one of Harry Gregory's favorite watering holes at that time. And he was friends with at least one of the bartenders that worked there. And that bartender was actually working that night uh, that Dinwiddie vanished. So uh, that's very, very interesting. How much time, you will. Like how much time is Harry Gregory looking at right now? Well, let me tell you about that. So he was charged in 2001 or 2021, excuse me. So he was, he was, uh, they come to his house, they do the raid, all of this from cases of 2002, 2004. Okay. Right. Uh, so this was just two years ago okay. that any stirrings happened. Um, and so just back in November, they dismissed everything this past November of 22 saying that there was not enough evidence to support a conviction. And just this past January, not even three months ago, the court lifted the suspension on his license, and he now has his license reinstated. Unbelievable, dude. So he is now a practicing lawyer without without any charges. I find it interesting that they were able to That's what you said, allegedly. Well, not that they were able to, that they would, yeah, that they would choose to uh, raid this house and do all these things in his home if they didn't feel that they had something to charge him with. So they well, even you know, probably charge. I, I him. have been um, on search warrants before where we found absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. and and I've written those search That's warrants, so we found absolutely nothing. And uh, I can tell you right now that when you're writing a search warrant, you know you. And any good supervisor will tell you before you search the search warrant, you're going into somebody else's kingdom. You're going into somebody else's. Most people hold these houses sacred. So before we go and bust down this door and take away the one ultimate freedom that they have, this is their man's castle. Are you sure? Or are you more like, are you sure that this is what's going on? And, you, you know, you've got to answer that truthfully. And it's only happened to me maybe twice, but I mean, twice is too many times, but it's not to say that those people were innocent. It just means that they didn't have the shit in there at that time. Um, And any smart lawyer, you know, I'll tell you right now, if they're going down to the magistrate and pulling a warrant out, you know, if they, if they ask the DA what they should do. And I think in a lot of times when it's a, like a elite rich person or another lawyer or something like that, they will often contact the DA um and and ask like what what they should do or whatever and uh mm-hmm. the head da you know and if that head da is friends with this dude i mean a quick text you know hey they're coming you know that, that yeah i just that gives again, you plenty of time to get rid of not- all the child pornography all the shit that they thought they were gonna find goes away again if I, if, if he is not complicit in any of these things, something is, something doesn't on this one. I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting, but he's back at it. He's practicing law. As far as I know, at least he has his license reinstated. I'm not sure what he's chosen to do with that. A uh, quick thought, fast forward to 2019 when Samantha Josephson, she was the uh, young college girl, unfortunately, that was tragically murdered by what she thought was her Uber driver. That was in the same Five Points area of USC there in Columbia. Again, that was 2019. If you recall, she got in the car. She called an Uber and uh, 
this uh, black sedan pulls up. That's what she thinks is her Uber. She got in the car. Her body was found hours later by uh, turkey hunters, and they were able to, with DNA from uh, her, to what was matched with this car that she was uh, seen getting in, who actually lived right down the street. Uh, they actually convicted uh, the, the guy who did this. He was 24 at the time. Um, but so my, my point is not a connection with Dale Dinwiddie, but the reason they were able to find this man and find out what happened to her so quickly once they found her body. Uh, and I understand we don't have Dale's body, but is the cameras. The cameras are so widely used now. They're on the corner of every bar. People have phones, people have pictures uh, that they're taking. So because of the use of the technology and the cameras that we have now, that's how uh, they were able to link Samantha Josephson with the man who uh, killed her and, and wrapped that up pretty quickly. And unfortunately that was not the case for Dale Dinwiddie. Now her DNA and her uh, dental records are actually on file. That's the good news. So if uh, remains are found that are hers, uh, she can be identified again, thousand dollar reward offered currently still uh, for Dale and just call one eight 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 crime sc if you have any ideas or any tips anything you think of if you were in around that area at that time or heard something i like megan's idea uh, is there any ice cream trucks in the area at that time uh, maybe the ice cream truck could have kidnapped her because i would also leave my belongings to chase down an ice cream truck after i've had a couple of shots at the bar Um, yeah, that was an awesome story and your internet was great. We were joined by lots of people in the live chats. Take a minute to say thank you to everybody out in the live chats. Murr 530, Bosco, Jay Gold Scrapes, Megan Brossman, uh, Falconator, John Com Center, Bosco, Michael Hendricks. Thank you, Michael. Hydroman Blue. We had uh, a couple of super chats in there tonight. So thank you guys for throwing some bones our way. Um, Abby, but we really we don't want your like we don't want your donation bones, man. Well, we want your premium subscriptions. You know, your two dollars subscription save your money, baby. Get you a ghost bed with that donation money. And if you've got that extra fuck you money, do the three dollars a month subscription. Um, if not, take your ten dollars and buy your mom a uh, buy your mom a ghost bed pillow. Mother's Day is coming up. What two weeks? Is that two mm -hmm. weeks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta get my mom something and my mom. Yeah. I gotta get my mom something and my mommy something. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna That's get my mommy goes back pillow, actually. Um, who else was in the live chats that we saw? Um, by the way, guys, Abby Ellsworth, she has a podcast called On Being a Police Officer. Um, and and we always do lots of stuff with her and and probably we'll be collaborating on a lot more things with her in the future. So always go and give her a great yeah. shout out. Books coming out very soon. The senior editor has it has the book, so just waiting on that. And Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story, will be out. Tetzlov, act manned carry. Don't know what that means. Appreciate you, um, Reginald Rutherford, Teresa K. All you guys, man. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on another wonderful night shift. Uh, stay tuned for the night shift Instagram that will be popping up in the next week or two. And if you want to be a manager of the Instagram. If you think you have what it takes, DM Andrea Uplate. Serious inquiries only. And let her know why you would want to manage that page and, uh, you know, what your schedule's like and your, you know, um, 
you know, what your social media experiences are. I mean, obviously we don't want somebody that's on there. It's like, I don't even have Instagram, but I'll get it to do it. No, no, no. We need somebody that, you know, a good resume would be like, I follow Britney Spears and I would prac, I would pretty much post what she posts every day. Like I would be like, well, great. You obviously know good content. Hired. That's why you're not doing this. <laughs> that's how I found dead. Like, who's <laughs> uh, just been amazing. <laughs> And has become a part of the team. So Imperial Girls in the chats. Thank you so much, Imperial Girl. Um, guys, uh, again, for Andrea Uplate and myself, it's been another True Crime Tuesday with a Night Shift. Until next time, uh, guns up and giddy up.